0: Welcome to the S2 Cognition Podcast. S2 is the official cognitive evaluation in sports, from youth to pro, where athletes and coaches build
1: to win. Today
2: on the S2 Cognition Podcast, we are joined by elite youth softball coach of the Bombers organization, Scott Smith, and the CEO of the Alliance Softball organization and former player, Jamie Lowprize. Two giants in the softball industry, and we are thrilled to be a part of their vision and changing how we evaluate and train in the game of softball. These two organizations are on the forefront of the emergence of understanding the importance of cognition in softball. I hope you guys enjoy this two part episode where we dive into the S2 evaluation and the importance of officially training your athletes based on the evaluation's results. All that is next here on the S2 Cognition Podcast. As always, please rate and leave a review on the show. Welcome, everyone. This is part one of a two-part S2 Cognition Podcast. We've got two Scotts. Two doctors and hosted by a jack wagon. So uh, Dr. Jamie, will refer to you. will refer to you as Dr. Jamie. Scott Smith will refer to you, if that's okay, as Coach Smith. And S- Dr. Scott Wiley will refer to you as Dr. Just kidding. S2 Scott uh, moving forward. So if that's okay and everyone's all right with that designation, that way no one's confused uh, as we move forward. But we're excited to have you guys on um, the the hope for the S2 Cognition podcast is how does cognition interact with sports and how does it intercept and intertwine? And specifically today, we're going to be talking about softball and cognition. So uh, S2, Scott, if you'll go ahead and, and break down for us what we mean by cognition and why is it important for a hitter?
1: Yeah, you know, the history of softball and baseball um, is marked by considerable focus on the physical skills of athletes, understandably so, and the technical skills, how to swing and uh, bat angles. Um, A lot of the game, though, is uh, conducted above the neck or between the ears and how athletes make quick split-second decisions. And when you think of a a softball hitter or a baseball hitter, um, they have less than half a second, less than four-tenths of a second. to to rapidly process visual details of the pitch, what to determine what pitch it is, where it's moving in space, uh, where it's going to cross the hitting zone, decide whether to swing at the pitch or not. uh, If they decide to swing, when to swing, where to swing, how to swing. And those decision decisions happen so fast. It feels like it's, it's hard to assess those and quantify those. And, Those decisions, though, are are represented by different systems in every athlete's brain, these rapid decision systems. And we actually can quantify and measure those systems. And so when we speak about cognition, which is a a fancy word, we're really speaking to how an athlete processes the pitch visually through the eyes and then rapidly determines important details about that pitch. And adds value to that pitch and then organizes their motor decisions to decide whether to swing or not to swing. Or for a fielder uh, at third base, getting a a shot down the line and having to make that rapid determination where to put the glove and when to put the glove to field it. And then do I have time to turn the double play? Do I just have time to get it over to first to get uh, at least one out? All of those rapid decisions. That's what we're talking about. Cognition. You've got to be able to physically execute and technically execute your actions. But when we're talking about cognition, we're really talking about these rapid split second decision systems that every athlete uses to execute and perform.
2: Absolutely beautifully said. Uh, I feel like you've had a couple practices explaining cognition real quick, right? Um, Dr. Jamie, as the director of the Alliance, You've got a great pulse of what's going on in softball. What got you so excited about cognition and softball and the intersection of that?
3: Dr. Jamie just makes, makes me laugh. So you're more than welcome to, uh, to just use Jamie, <laughs> Okay, but no, it's a, it's a great question. I, I really enjoy listening to actually both fast pitch Scott and, and S2 Scott and talk about some of this because it, it's really important. And even if I think back to myself as an athlete and it was always what I thought was relying so much on the physical and technical. And I didn't even realize what was probably going on from cognition. So now many, many years later, um, I just think it's fascinating as both an athlete and a coach to now we have the ability to measure that. And it's, you know, in the position that I'm in with the Alliance, it's the opportunity to recognize what's going on in our sports world and outside of our sports world. And to bring that expertise into the Alliance um, we've honestly kind of looked at ourselves as almost like the vetting system, but there's so much information out there and it's really hard for talk about cognition. It's hard for parents to, to make decisions. So kind of looking through and what's going on and seeing what's being done in other sports and the, just the rapid evolution of, of technology and data and understanding, um, that's what I get excited about with S2 cognition is not only like understanding where our athletes are, but Hey, these are real things that you can go get better at. And I think that's why we're all in this too, on that player development of, yes, this is, this is what you're doing. This is how you're processing, but now we can train better and we can make athletes better. I, I, that's what I, I think making more informed training is is probably what I get the most excited about.
2: And Jimmy, I'm glad you went there because that'll be the whole entire second part of this. That episode two, we're all going to talk about training. So I'm, I'm glad you went there. Uh, Coach Scott, as a, softball coach are one of the most premier softball programs in the country. What got you excited about uh, cognition and softball?
0: Well, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the thing that makes it really cool for me is I'm on a podcast with two doctors in a jack wagon. It sounds like a, it sounds like a joke. I was at a bar with two ja- doctors in a jack wagon and I've never <laughs> been confused of being a doctor. So that we're, we're good. We're good there. Um, you know, like the reality of it is for me is like, is, as a coach, and I think no different than probably any coach out there, you're always trying to find ways to make your players better. And um, you know, three, four, five years ago, we're going on about five years now. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to push our program forward in player development, and I knew that the what was happening in Major League Baseball hadn't really found its way into the sport of softball at a heavy level, not saying no one was doing it, but at a heavy level, but the capturing of data and information, and then turning that into action as it relates to player development, even then, never did I think that the collection of data was going to, that the cognitive collection of data and those data points that go along with decision-making was going to have a significant, as significant a role as I found it to have. And so that's been really enlightening for me as a coach who spends every day on a field hitting Bungo and talking about throwing and talk, but to now talk about the in-game decisions and why those decisions happen, why you perform well in certain situations and maybe why now I understand you don't perform well in this area and how to approach that differently, whether it's the verbal cues I use, whether it's the... The conversations we have, the timing of those conversations, and when those conversations take place—I uh, think I made a lot of mistakes along the way um, in dealing with players from a cognitive standpoint and understanding them and how they operate. And so, this has been—it's it's really been one of the cooler things I've had an opportunity to be around. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes and how we, you know, especially with the alliance and how uh, try to make that the kind of the tip of the spear when it comes to the collection of data, that information, and how it's shared with athletes and parents and coaches. And, you know, I just I just love that S2 is part of that.
2: And Coach Scott, I'm glad you said that. It's, it's almost, we've been told by other coaches, it's a double-edged sword for a coaching staff to know this, right? Because one, it's like, man, this is fantastic information to know. But two, now that I know it, I can't expect my player to do things that they might not be hardwired to do. So I, I think that's a great point. Um, and, and kind of funneling down to more about what this is, as to, Scott, we might have some listeners who aren't as familiar with the evaluation that we're talking about. Do you mind kind of going into the science as to how this evaluation works? And, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. The, the evaluation of the kinds of split-second decision-making processes that an athlete is using on the field, very different than what you would use to assess classroom academic performance iq whatever that is and however you measure it um we aren't talking about the same thing here um when you are making like i mentioned earlier those split second sub-second decisions you need a special set of tools that can isolate and measure those systems and so the s2 evaluation takes the best some of the best tasks and tools that have been designed over decades in the cognitive sciences and neurosciences and assembles those tasks to assess different systems that athletes, whether they're aware of it or not, are using when they're playing. Some of these tasks focus on how fast you process what you see uh, or how well you can predict where a moving target is going to land or move in space to how well you can make millisecond level adjustments in your timing decisions. So timing to optimize bat to ball contact has to do not only with your your physical positioning of your, of your body and your bat and the delivery and the execution and the technical aspects of the swing, but the brain decides when to swing, when to start the swing. It sends commands out to your body to initiate that swing. And so those are the kinds of of systems that we're measuring these split second systems we do it in an evaluation that takes anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes and you sit in front of a laptop computer it's not softballs fine around the screen we're actually looking to measure the capacity of these quick decision systems and they are tough these are not easy tasks we are bringing the heat so to speak We are either presenting things really fast, moving things quick to see how fast you can handle and hang with some of these rapid visual uh, dynamic decisions, or you have to react quickly to adjust your timing, to stop your actions, to time your reactions. Um, And so that's, the the tasks are fun. We've tested thousands of professional uh, baseball players, Hundreds upon hundreds of of top collegiate uh, women softball players, and universally, the experience is that was fun yet challenging. Uh, they bring out the natural competitive energies uh, of athletes because you realize very quickly it seems simple enough, but this this is really tough. This is like hitting. This is like fielding, um, and so that that was that's what makes these tasks so unique and so. Uh, tightly connected to the game itself is because we're, we're measuring those same system you use on the field, but in a very controlled setting. So we can see how you do compared to your peers, compared to athletes at the next level you aspire to play. Um, but, but that's really what the evaluation. So it is a quick split second, ramped up decision-making uh, set of challenges that gives you insight into how you, each athlete is is uniquely wired. And everyone's wired different. So they're going to struggle on some things and excel on others. And that's, that's the cool thing. Everybody's wired differently, just like everybody brings unique physical and technical skills to the game.
2: I'm glad you got into the feedback a little bit, getting feedback from, you know, when, when players take this at all levels, the feedback is hilarious Uh and that's really what I wanted to get into here, Dr. Jamie, when you experienced or or saw players experience it or parents experience the s two eval, whether it was on the Xbox or the computer version, what was their reaction to taking the evaluation?
3: Yeah, the first time we did it was at our alliance all star games, so you're looking at the the top forty athletes in the class of twenty twenty two and so we put them through the the ringer of testing and evals and they're probably <laughs> used to a lot of it because some of these majority of these athletes come from programs like Scott and the bombers and kids that are, at least it's become a little bit more used to, um, testing, mm-hmm. but it was, it was pretty funny. They, they called it the, uh, the gaming station, right. Cause it's on an Xbox. Like, man, that video game was hard <laughs> or like some of the girls that came and they're just holding their heads. Like, Oh, I thought I was out of school. You know, it, it was pretty entertaining, um, after that, but they're also, they're so competitive that they, mm-hmm. they want to know what, what they scored mm-hmm. and what does that mean, too. So it's fun. You definitely got that one side of it, like,
2: what did I just go through to, okay, what does what does this mean? That's right. And, Coach Scott, I wanted to ask you the exact same question. When you experience it for the first time, when your players experience it for the first time, parents' reaction, I'd love to hear that feedback.
0: Well, again, they're all so competitive. I'll never forget one of my players who's fortunate. She's going to she's gonna be a freshman at OU, and she's – this coming season, and she's one of the most talented players we've ever had. She's like, she thought she had like done poorly on one section. Like, coach, I need to go back. I gotta go retake this section. <laughs> there was I something distracted me. I know I didn't do good on it. I wanna get like, no, you're not gonna go back and retake this section. Today's that's your score. Like, and it it bothered them. Like they were they're so competitive, but but the information, I don't think they necessarily knew what it was gonna tell them. Right. That was kind of the the neat part of it. I think they saw it as just like as a pass fail thing. And that's not what that was. Right. It was a, a sight picture into your decision making process and the way you go about handling your business on the field. And I think once we were able to have some deeper conversations about the results and what that meant, you know, like, wow, I totally understand. Why I can tell you something one time, and I never have to mention it ever again to you. To you ever again, versus the player, I'm like, didn't I just tell you this 10 minutes ago? Have <laughs> to explain it to you again, right? But maybe I need now. I know I need to actually draw it and show them, yeah, that's right? right? And learn it differently that way, or it means something more to them that way. And I think that's the cool part for me is is the insight that they gain from it, and that us being able to share in that conversation about the, those details from a player and a coach helps me become a better coach to that player. Um, and I think that's the cool part for me is, is that now it's a it's incumbent upon me to care about what those results say, to care about what that information says about that particular player and to not, I, and I'm, I'm pretty conscious of this. I try not to take a cookie cutter approach to the way I coach players But, but I have to be completely open-minded that not every player is going to process information identically. And I don't know that I've always been that way. I mean, I can, I mean, I can easily say I have not always been conscious of that. And now I'm absolutely conscious of the fact that I need to be very much more detailed uh, about my approach to coaching individual players based on their cognitive skill sets and how I can help it make us more successful
2: on the field. Coach Scott, i That's a perfect segue. I I think exactly what you're talking about. We've talked about how every player can be uniquely wired. So now that you can know these individual traits and, and whether she can process really fast or maybe she struggles in these certain areas, what can you do with this? And why, why do you feel like it's important for the player and yourself to understand how they process and then what to do after that?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty broad question in the sense that I don't here, – here's the unique thing, right? I think what's unique from a youth athletics, when I say pre-college, is I don't spend every single day with them like the college coach gets to. I think the power that they're going to have with this information is fixing to be incredible, right? The colleges who, who see this player on a daily basis, see their decision-making characteristics – in every facet of their life. Right. And that's the, that's the part I wish I had the luxury of, right. I get to see it in snapshots. And so then it has to be much more targeted, I think for me, right. Cause I literally have to understand, like there's some players that their chase rate is really high because of this, they chase pitches at a really high rate. And when we're facing someone who has a really a wipeout swing and miss pitch, it might change how I write the lineup in that game versus someone who doesn't have a high chase rate. I've never been ever had to have that luxury before. Never until S two and our ability to understand why players make and we're just if we're just talking about swing decisions, why players make swing decisions in this case and why players don't, and it's it's powerful. Like in, like to be able to sit and I'm, we're making you know light of the fact that we're sitting on a podcast with two doctors. But to take that much technical information, and we call ourselves dumb softball guys, to, for a dumb softball guy to have that much information and that much power about the decision-making skills of an individual player, from player to player to player, I think it's a lot of power all of a sudden given to me as a coach. And it's important that, that I do right by it. And I, think, and I take that serious. It's important that I do right by the information.
3: When Scott was talking, it made me think, uh, I put my, my athlete hat on when I, when I was an athlete and talking about being uniquely wired and coaching that constraints back in the day when we played and we didn't have access to this data, I took it personal as an athlete that my coach coach, coached me a little different. Like why is she picking on me or why is it? And now there's data backing it up or there's validation as to this is why you're, you process a little bit differently than, than this athlete. So like, it, it's obviously super beneficial for the coach, but I think it's going to provide more context to the athlete because especially as female athletes, like what Scott was saying about his player going to OU, that is definitely how we were wired. Well, what Did I do bad? Can I do this again? No, no, no. Like, this is just who you are. This is your wiring, and this is why I'm going to coach to you. It's, it's fascinating. I think it's going to change so much in the way that, that we train and understand training.
2: And Jamie, to stay right where you are with that, I want to understand from your perspective how you see this cognition piece fitting into the broader scope of the world of softball at any level.
3: Well, we're in such a unique position with softball, right? We don't we don't have Major League Baseball right now, who, who's kind of dictating and the scouting and some of the things that are going on. Hopefully, one day, absolutely. But right now, the the college plays such an important role in a youth athlete's journey because all of our youth athletes, or not all, but the majority, they're aspiring to go play in college, right? So what we're seeing now from S2 and a lot of these college programs who are testing, okay, they're getting not only data on their current players, but now they also know their own strengths as a coach, right? And they're going to recruit based on data and information that they have. So I'm excited from an Alliance standpoint where, like I said, we can help to measure kids, test kids, gather data on these athletes so that we can help the current youth athlete. We can help her in her player development journey, and we can help her in her recruiting journey as well. And kind of utilizing what's going on in college to, to compare that of what's going on in, in the youth softball space.
2: As to Scott, I want to jump with, let's put our athlete hat on and let's put the, from the perspective of the athlete, I like how you said that, Jamie. Uh you know, how many times have we heard a former coach or a former player, or even on this own podcast, where they're like, where was this when I played? Why couldn't I have had this to specifically target? I'd love for you for you to elaborate more on that.
1: Yeah, no question. Uh, former players, both softball and baseball, uh, make that comment frequently. And I think it's because when you when you when you're a player or you you played a while or you you're past your playing career you look back and you appreciate the things you did well but you know i think as athletes there's always those nagging things that we struggled with that may have limited our ability to excel uh, as much as we wanted to or limited uh, uh, how far we could play and and just having any kind of insight into how you made decisions or wired is 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 a unique perspective that i think former players and coaches immediately recognize that how beneficial that would be um if i'd have known this earlier i could have trained differently uh to coach scott's point i could have uh understood better who i am and who i'm not and i would have tried to be you know stayed within my lane as a hitter um and you know, often we're making those kind of determinations based on our physical skills. And now to be able to understand who you are as an athlete, uh, the things you do well, <clears throat> the things that you might struggle with, and be able to change your approach, change your understanding of of, of how to, how to think about the game, change your training. Um, I've got little ones that are, you know, just moving into that, uh, you know, eleven, twelve-year-old age range, and and I can already I can already tell you what their cognitive limitations are and what their strengths are, and <laughs> and so now knowing this early on, I can we can start thinking about, hey, how do I how do I work extra on these things so that uh, he can play better at the at the higher level? So when when things get harder, you know, every every level. Things get faster and things get more complicated and pitchers become nastier um and and so preparing an athlete cognitively in the same way we do physically and technically is is a very promising and important um consideration for athletes that are playing now and it's a uh disappointment to former athletes who wish they had it earlier (laughs) S2,
2: Scott, I want to stay there because Coach Scott alluded to this, how much time is spent on the, currently is spent on the physical side, right, Coach? You said, you know, right now we got the, we got the bat in our hands and we're doing all this stuff physically. This is this unique opportunity to get into insight, to training specifically and efficiently these certain areas. Uh, S2, Scott, I know we're going to talk about the training aspect in the next episode, but I want to allude to the importance in the important distinction between the developing brain and what it looks like in the trajectory of er- how early is too early how late is too late and where's that soft spot in the middle can can you talk about the science behind that
1: yeah well brains are moving targets up to about 24 25 and then uh we kind of hold our ground as long as we can and then when you start getting the gray sideburns like i do <laughs> uh things start falling apart uh faster than you you wished um, but let's go back to the the other side, so I don't bemoan the uh the aging process too much, <laughs> but you know young brains that are developing they're 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 malleable uh, there's lots of opportunity to to lay down new tracks and to train new systems uh understandably, you know up until a, probably about ten years of age. Yeah, there's a lot of devotion to the physical and the mechanical and the technical aspects of the game. And, you know, athletes' brains are, are such that they're, they're trying to put their feet together, their hips together, their, their swing. Their, their, there's a lot of physical demands that they're trying to coordinate. You know, at most levels, there's, there's probably not a whole lot of variability in pitches and timing. You know, everyone's throwing fastballs, just trying to throw strikes. And so the cognitive demands aren't as great. But when you start getting into that ten to twelve, and then when you jump where the the bases get a little bit longer, the pitches, pitchers start changing speeds, they start uh, putting a little movement on the ball. Um, and obviously the movements in softball are are just as if not more complicated because the ball can feel like it's rising. It can, you know if it's starting from down low and it's it's moving upward as those challenges start are introduced, I mean, the brain is having to make decisions and adjustments and on a millisecond time scale. And so as we, as athletes begin to make that transition, that is a perfect time to start incorporating these decision-making demands and working on timing, working on predicting the trajectory of pitches, working on impulse control. So as coach Scott said uh, earlier, kids aren't chasing. And the sooner you start working on that, the more prepared they're going to be uh, as the as they graduate the game at, at each level and get to the higher levels. I mean, when do you need these cognitive decisions? At the peak performance, at the highest levels. You know, we work with a bunch of major league baseball teams and, and, and they'll say, look, when you get to the big leagues, everyone has a good swing. Everyone's big, fast and strong and has a great swing. It's those who are more successful, more consistent in their decision making who seem to Last the longest and have the most success. And that's really been true of the information and analytics we put together. And it's the same as true in softball. So it, it becomes a, a critical piece of the puzzle. Um, you got to work on the physical and technical, but that cognitive piece, integrating that into your development and training, uh, becomes a really important part of, of being as successful as you can as an athlete.
2: And it's really, really interesting, because as a former athlete, how many times, and, and I know all three all three of you guys on this podcast have either heard this, said this, or been around someone that said it, and hey, if it's not a good pitch, just don't swing. And we know now that that's not necessarily how this works. You can't just hear, "Hey, don't swing at that and expect. Uh, the, the player not to swing. Have you guys seen that experience or had that experience? Uh it could be open ended so anyone of you guys could jump in.
0: Yeah, well like it was funny you said that because we were laughing. You know, obviously we have parents all the time that'll come to us and say, I just don't understand. I, I tell them all the time like stop chasing that pitch and I'm like, bro, anytime you want to come down here and try to try to ID that I'll it. <laughs> but uh you know, it, it's interesting because we we were very fortunate. Our 14, uh, and so we're just talking about the age that at which it seems significant. We have no no real world experience on our end. We haven't utilized S2 long enough to be able to have a relative benchmark and standard for us that I could say with with real certainty. But I but I will say that you know we were very fortunate. We uh, our 14 year old team won the Alliance National Championship. They were arguably some of the best 13- and 14-year-old players in America. And, uh, and for that matter, the world. I mean, to be honest with you, you start comparing us to the rest of the world in softball. And they're playing 16 you now. And they're seeing real upspin, real induced vertical break, where that wasn't as prevalent of a thing. Um, not to say players weren't trying to throw rise balls at 14 the high number of real rise balls they saw versus an elevated fastball that didn't have induced vertical break um, isn't the same. Because like, in some cases, these these kids were playing 14U in July. It's October. Like, not, not a lot of time has gone by. And in some cases, they're playing against kids who are already 16, who have much more experience, much more talented uh, talent development already And we already can tell that we have a high rate of players who are not identifying the real upspin. And, and so we're, it's really cool for us, right? Like we tested all of our players um, uh, in September. So we, we, we have a good site picture. Who's going to probably struggle in this area and who's not. And so for us developing conversations about approach, plan and approach at the plate um, you know, us spending a little more time with the, per- the people who have a higher s- propensity to chase than others. Um, so like we're seeing that in real time and I think that's unique for us. We wouldn't have known it like the ones who are legitimately probably going to have a higher propensity to chase than others, but we're seeing it happen in real time because the induced vertical break at 16U is much different than 14U and it'll continually exponentially get tougher as they make mm. the leap going forward. Um, and then when you go back, I'm fortunate. I coach our 18U team, which are some of the better players in America, at, and they're about to go off to college. We're seeing a little bit more of a finished product, right? And and are certainly not completely finished. That they're 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 in that process, but right. Seeing all those moving parts along the way in that development. Now I have a better understanding of the why behind it. And uh, I had a college coach tell me. The reason they love S2 is you can't see inside the brain. Can't see in there, right? You got to extract that information somehow. And that's, what's cool about us too, is, is, is that's exactly what it
2: does. That's exactly right. Well, coach, I can't wait to hear more real life examples as you start utilizing the product and seeing it on your girls and training. I, I just can't wait, but I just want to thank coach, Dr. Jamie, Dr. S2 Scott. Thanks for, for uh, joining us today to talk about the s2 cognition evaluation and how we hope it revolutionizes and helps the game of softball and then uh, the next episode right we're going to jump into hopefully the drills that improve these players as you just alluded to how we're hoping to develop these softball players and the performance at all levels so thanks again guys for joining us